Okay, so Alyssa, if I were to hand you $100 million, what would you do with that money? $100 million, Ken? Oh, I'd go and buy a jet plane with a personal hot steward to take me around to all of my exotic uh, bucket list locations that I would love to uh, get around to at some point in my life. How about you? <laughs> I would get a team of cast, crew, and most importantly, A-team writers to redo the last series of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Perfect. What now? What now? <laughs> so, welcome back to our podcast. We are up to our fourth episode. I'm so excited to have you guys listening in again for those of you tuning in every week. Indeed. We are now concluding our month on happiness. And as you guys know, our podcast, What Now, is about the problems and issues that school never prepared us for. My name is Ken. And I am Alyssa. And what are we talking about today, Alyssa? Money, money, money. Mm, I do like some money, just like I like my honey. But we can't have money on toast. Well, you can, it just won't taste good. (laughs) So, getting into the topic of money today. Mm. Why do people want more money? You know, why is it, is it the money that they want or are they asking what money can bring them? So I think when you approach money in the context of how it will actually sustain your life over the long term, you quickly realize that the purpose of money isn't to buy everything you want, but is rather to help you live a life that provides the opportunities you want to experience while also enabling you to enjoy your life at all times instead of just in the moment. Going back to the question that we asked at the very beginning of this episode, Alyssa, for reals though, if you did have a hundred thousand, sorry, a hundred million dollars handed to you right now, what would you do with that money? Besides obviously flying off around the world with your hottest PA. (laughs) I, yeah, I would really just bring it back to my family. I would, you know, my biggest goals and, and dreams are to retire my parents. They work so hard. I want to retire them. I want to be able to buy them holidays to come over and see me on the other side of the world. I want to buy my brother holidays and show him the value in solo travel and solo experience and how those experiences have opened up doors for me that I just wouldn't be the person I am without, without those experiences. And I want to show him the value of those. And also, you know, being in a state of financial freedom where maybe I'll be living in, in a country in South America and I'm completely on the opposite side of the world from my family. And if they need me to fly home or that, or something urgent has happened or, you know, maybe a grand, a grandparent is getting sick or whatever it might be. I would want to have that financial freedom of being able to be like, okay, cool. I'm just going to book a $3,000 flight and be on my way home and see you in 24 hours. You know, having that, having that freedom of being able to be there right then and there in the moment for your loved ones is so, so important to me. Also being, you know, in, in, even, in an even bigger picture, bringing it back to community and being able to 
create a life for those who don't have the option. They've grown up in a country that are not as lucky as, as we have been, you know, living in Australia. You know, there's a few of the girls that I currently work with at the moment. They're working on this incredible, empowering project to save girls from cages, you know, save a girl. There's, there's, literally girls sitting in cages right now and are working as sex slaves all over the globe and being able to to fund those types of projects and really empower and help those types of communities and saving little girls that don't have that voice and don't have that option just because they've been born in in a culture that you know has allowed this to happen and that's really where I would, I would put that money towards. Yeah, I think that's a really, really holistic way of spending $100 million. And I don't say that in a sarcastic way because at a certain point you reach a threshold where you aren't going to derive any satisfaction out of just simply taking more trips overseas, buying more items. You're going to need to find a way to expel that and put it to good use somewhere. And one of the things that I would really like to turn my money towards is doing more community-based work. And I'm not talking charity. One of my dreams would be to own a business where it's run outside of the government's influence and has enough funding to be able to take action on certain issues. So, for example, whether it be something like creating a campaign to try and educate people on how to better understand their health so they don't abuse hospitals for their emergency wards, which are essentially free, by the way, and also how to teach people a better understanding of nutrition. So that way they get a better idea as to what actually is nutrition in this day and age to separate the fact from the fiction. Or even campaigns designed to illustrate the impact of everyday behaviour on global warming. The power of imagery and effective advertised campaigns can bring about a lot of great change. In fact, one of my favourites of all time was an RTA ad that was run many, many moons ago that was designed to help reduce the number of deaths from pea platers who were speeding. Alyssa, you might remember this one. Do you remember there was that ad back in the day? The um, It was the No One Thinks Big of You campaign. Which <laughs> I do remember that one. It had a, it had a sneaky little symbol in that one didn't it it was indeed very small and yes that's what she said so <laughs> it was it was very cheeky but it's it, its result was undeniable i mean yeah obviously it itself did not reduce deaths for the years that it ran but you couldn't deny the correlation between its campaign run and the reduction in uh, pea-plated deaths on the roads so yeah i really do want to invest in community-based work where I have the capacity to use a lot of that money for good use, to create good action. And it goes down to the fact that money in the right hands with the right strategy behind it can do great things. You put a lot of money into an organization that you don't really have much trust or faith or understanding of how they execute their methods, you might as well be pissing in the wind. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I think it really just does come down to that money People, people sometimes have this negative view on money and they think that reading all these articles, it's like, oh, all the rich people, all the wealthy people, they're all miserable, like, you know, money doesn't make you happy. But really money is an amazing thing. You know, if you really, if you really think about 
the power of how, what money can do. And really, if money is put into the hands of, of someone that cares and of a good human being, wow, like so many amazing things can be, can be created from that. Absolutely. It's not a measure of self-worth as well. If you've got millions in the bank, don't flaunt that around. Just think about who's around you too. Granted, it's nice to splurge for your friends. It's nice to be generous. It's great to buy experiences where everyone can enjoy those times. However, think about the company you're with too and also have a realisation of what you're representing to people around you. Yeah, and and I think also embracing and appreciating the things that you know, don't cost money because some of the best moments of my life are memories that have been created with no, with no money invested, like friends, family, culture, nature, like gosh, the amazing nature that we have around us is incredible. And just appreciating already the resources that you've been given, the relationships that you have, the freedom. And, you know, if you really look at changing your mindset about finances, there's really no limitations to your satisfaction. No, there aren't. Even when, and you know, the great thing about having a portion of money that you allocate to activities in life is that everything is a bit of an investment, not just what you put in the bank, but friends, your skill set. Yeah. These are things which do require a portion of investment too, because it's like attending to a garden. The more water that you apply to it over time will naturally allow for experiences and things to evolve. You want to grow yourself as a person in a variety of different ways invest more. You want to take your friends out and give them a good time and just remember to invest in those things too. I'm not saying that you buy your friends with money. What I'm saying is invest in the experience because if you add a bit to those times, you can make it really special and memorable. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you look at, you know, you can actually determine your own values. If you look at what you're spending your money on, but also what you're spending your time, your time on, so just, just look at your day-to-day schedule, you know, is it the same? What are you spending your time on? And then look at your transactions in your bank account. What are you actually spending your money on? Because if you look at those two things, that's, that is literally determining your top five to top 10 biggest values. 100%. It's one of those things where you shouldn't look to hiring jobs to necessarily secure your happiness in the now or your future. Don't think of it as, don't think that you need to become an engineer, a lawyer, a doctor, a whatever that earns a great deal of money if you don't enjoy that. Because at the end of the day, waiting for that lump sum of money to come, to drop into your bank account is just, it's painful, especially if you're not into it too. Take heart in the fact that you can actually diversify and gain skills in areas that you enjoy. You can find high-earning jobs that you really like. And more importantly, if it comes with added stress, it ain't worth it. Yeah, 100%. Life's too short. We could all drop dead tomorrow. Remember that, guys. So just adding to, you know, the different industry that you're you're working for, working in, I think it's really important to just be open-minded as well and, you know, broadening your perspective on what your actual skill set is and what skills you do have that could that could be used in a variety of different sectors and a variety of different companies and businesses 
instead of sticking to what you know or what you think you know, because you probably know a hell of a lot more than you think by reaching out and broadening your mind and delving and learning and expanding your mind, you then expand your skill set. 100%. And speaking of people who developed their mind, expanded their skill set and made some money, we have a guest speaker. Her name is Yoshi. And besides beating Bowser in Mario Kart, she's joined us, or decided to join <laughs> us, uh, in answering a few of our questions regarding money. So we all have our own priorities with how we spend our money and what we're willing to sacrifice in order to reach our goals. It can be hard to save money. However, it just comes back down to our priorities. How badly do you want what you're trying to achieve? So for a lot of us, we've got rent and bills to pay. And for others, they could be sacrificing their living situation in order to save more money, whether that's moving back in with their parents or moving to a more affordable city or town. So let's hear from Yoshi on the sacrifices she's had to make in order to achieve her priorities without inheritance or winning the lottery. So we finally got our guest speaker. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Josh. I'm so happy to have you here. I love your vibe always. So Josh, tell us about yourself. Uh, right. Well, my name is Yoshi. Um, I'm 26, originally from Melbourne, but for the last 12 months, I relocated down to regional Victoria. Um, so Sorry, did I just see Victoria? Place. Ew. Yes. <laughs> okay, here we go. New South Wales. <laughs> It's got its own little charms. Um, I'm in this, I'm in Gippsland, so I'm in this tiny little town called Taralgan. Um, it's got its own little charms, but a massive change compared to the city. Um, but I moved for work, so I'm a counsellor. Um, and basically, yeah, this is a completely new stage of, of life for me. It's a massive change. Prior to that, I was doing a lot of travel. I was just your average uni student, um, slaving away to go on those travels. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's basically me. So with your work, I guess, background, how have you been able to um, afford the, the travels that you've done and the holidays that you do, you've done? And I guess what has been your experience with money across your life so far? My experiences with money, to be absolutely honest, it is, it's a very strong love hate relationship <laughs> and the Sounds reason relatable. why i say that <laughs> is because before you know starting starting my job right now in my career and going on these you know gap years and exchanges and things like that it was slim pickings it was getting any job that you could get and just working your ass off to save as much as you can mm-hmm. so you know it, that, that, that comes with a lot of time that comes with a lot of opportunities um and I think it comes down to a lot of commitment. So how much do you want it um, and how much you can work? Yeah, so sure. in terms of my work history, I had some pretty weird jobs under my belt. Um, the, the major one, I was a shelf monkey at Coles. So I, <laughs> I stacked monkey. the tuna cans. Yes. Um, not the tuna barrels, shifts. not the monkeys in a barrel. It felt like barrels. <laughs> for graveyard shifts it was a struggle it was a struggle um graveyard shifts if you can do graveyard shifts i feel you can do anything 
that's the mentality that I had, you know, um, just leave away. There was a couple of other jobs there as well from working in retail and hospo. Um, you know, I try to do as much as I can for the local um, uh, council and stuff. So I helped with like, you know, the voting and stuff like that. So just odd jobs here and there. Um, I think at a period I was also a kitchen hand. So I was just chopping vegetables for, you know, pocket money. It was literally five bucks an hour. Completely. I've been illegal. there and I've done that too. It's, it's, you've got to do what you got to do. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> Tell me with regards to the variety of careers that you've had or jobs, I should say, do you feel that it's helped you in being able to secure some quick and easy money when you've needed it? Uh, yes and no. Like, I think for me, I was very focused on a goal. So I was saving for a very specific reason. So if I needed money really quickly, that's only really for emergencies, which I'm you know, more than happy to, to, to pay for, for that type of stuff. But it was never really, you know, any unknown kind of like expenses that kind of popped out of anywhere. It wasn't just using money because I had money. It's because I was working towards a goal. <laughs> so obviously I know that you have never, you know, had credit card, for example, to help you, yeah. to assist you with your travels or holidays and things like that. Whereas mm-hmm. I've, I've personally always had a backup credit card just in case, you know, oh, there's a $2,000 holiday on sale. Okay. Better, better get that one. <laughs> um, you, how do you, how do you save? How do you save without having that, I guess, backup or do you have do you save enough that you do have a backup? Um, look, there's nothing wrong with using credit cards to, to go on these trips because I know that there's a lot of talk saying, don't take out loans, don't use credit cards, blah, 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 blah. You know, there are some banks and cards out there that will charge you heaps for it. So you've got to be careful which ones yeah. you choose. But for me, I found like it was a time game. You know, I had the time to save up. I had maybe about two or three jobs at one stage to try and save. and you know, when you break it down to like weekly or a monthly thing, it worked perfectly with the amount of time before I actually left on my gap year. Um, and I think that that's the difference between it. If you need fast cash, like really quickly, the credit cards are fine. Find the right credit cards. Um, you know, obviously the ones that don't have hidden fees. Um, and then that's sweet as well. So it depends on your situation. We were listening to a podcast recently that was talking about money as well. And it kind of touched on what you were saying before about having goals. We feel that when you have a lot of money, it's very easy to invest in the now. So buy clothes, buy DVDs, something that gives you immediate satisfaction, but doesn't necessarily help you. Wait, did you say DVDs, Kim? I did say DVDs. <laughs> I spend a lot of Sorry, what, what are, what are I am a capitalist through and through. I collect it amounts in my room. As we have all of the 15-year-olds listening to us asking, you know, Googling, what is the acronym for DVD? <laughs> <laughs> Look it up on Google. That's what we do in this day and age. No. Um, that aside, we... Um, Yosh, E, do you think that you... <laughs> It's really, um, you said that you work towards goals. What advice would you give people in a situation where they have money and they're struggling to find satisfaction with the money that they have, or at least in terms of what they're spending it on? Mm, that's a good question. A very, very good question. Um, when you start talking about satisfaction and money, that's where it gets a little bit gray. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
what you were saying before about, you know, spending things on like DVDs and clothing and such. Well, I think what you're talking about here is a balance, you know? So for me, I knew what was going to give me that satisfaction. It's going traveling. You know, this is something that's related to, you know, some of my values, what I want to get in life. Um, you know, what's going to improve the quality of life. Um, it's those experiences. It's those memories that I'm working towards, but you do need to treat yourself once in a while. Like, yeah, I'll buy a hundred dollar chocolate cake if I want to, or a <laughs> box of DVDs. <laughs> but you know, it, it's balancing and making sure that you're going to survive this period um, until you actually reach that goal, which is, you know, for me, it was really easy to find. Hmm. Yeah, no, I completely sympathise. It's good to hear that there's a fellow out there who's supporting the DVD industry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you make a, that's a really good answer to it. I think that, at least in my experience, money has come and gone. And I often find that in times of stress, I'm always looking at budgeting and getting things working out in terms of priorities, where it needs to be, how I can achieve my future goals. And... I have to say, as we may or may not have mentioned already, being I find like actually being broke is really good because it actually does make you quickly ascertain what it is and where it is that that money needs to be coming from and where it should go in the end. That's exactly it. Um, when you're broke, it's about prioritizing. So what's yeah, of urgency and what's necessary. And then once that's covered, you you can spend whatever the hell you want on anything else, you know? So budgeting prioritizing looking at from that way um the time that you have as well um that all they're all factors that kind of lead to it it doesn't happen just overnight Hmm. yeah absolutely and i I think ken and i were listening to this podcast yesterday on money versus money and mindset and with you know they were sort of discussing how your your mindset sort of controls the i guess net worth that you have along with your self-worth do you think that money is related to our self-worth oof oof okay okay um once again another gray area <laughs> um and look Obviously, none of us are money experts here. None of us are money experts, obviously, but it's just obviously really good to get, you know, different thoughts. Of course, of course. Um, For me, look, when we start talking about um, self-worth, I think that's in a a little bit of a different category for me specifically. Um, When I said before that, you know, I'm working towards a goal, those goals might align up with my value, my self-worth. But the process of using money to get there, it's a a process. Money itself is not the goal for me. So it's not about obtaining as much money, but it's using the money I do have or where I can find it to get to my self-worth. So I guess in that sense, that's how it's associated for me. Um, You know, there are people out there who are, you know, more than happy with just that financial security the stability, you know, that's how their minds work. That's what they're passionate about. That's what they love. And that's okay if that works for them, you know. So if that's what their goal is and, you know, working towards money, that's perfectly fine for them. For me, though, it was it was a little bit of a different thing. It's a process, not a goal. Yeah, I love that. I love it. I think one of the things that we were looking at too with that podcast is that they were talking about how typically you feel proud of yourself when you accrue more money with the growth of your own income comes a growth in your self-worth and you start to think of yourself in a position where 
you can do anything and your ego goes through the roof. And it's hard because I think when you realize that you have more opportunities with the money that you own, it's very difficult to sort of take a step away from that. Yeah, I would agree with that too as well. Um, Everything that you're saying about, you know, they're achieving their goals, you know, that their self-worth increases because they're, they're getting a lot of strength by earning this type of income as well. Um, that's, that's, I would say that that's true as well. Um, very different for every person, um, mm. but true. Valid. I, I think that comes, <laughs> I think um, guilt plays in a role in that too. When people start making more money and start maybe having more opportunities open up for them with, with the hard work that they're putting in to obviously achieve this money, maybe guilt sometimes plays a role in people's lives because they think if I continue and I, and I want to achieve more and I realize that it really is just my mindset and my power that, you know, is, is going to open all of these doors for me, you know, is that going to make me, how am I going to feel if the people around me aren't doing the same? Yeah. Yeah. And so when we start talking about guilt here, you know, um, two different areas, it sounds like this is guilt because your, your values or what you're getting out of having an increased income is not matching up or is somewhat compromising um, the values of the people around you. So say for example, you know, I'm getting a lot of income. I'm feeling really good about myself. You know um, it's empowering. I'm kicking goals. I'm, I'm, you know, making heaps is that compromising something else that the other mm. people around you can't see? And maybe perhaps that's where the guilt comes in. Or if we start talking once again about self-worth, you know, people start earning this. They're so focused on these particular values and morals, but that might not be intrinsically what they had initially identified with themselves. So that's where you get that, you know, contrasting guilt um, within oneself, uh, not necessarily with other people around. Um, yeah, this absolutely. is where it gets really tricky to, to sort of pinpoint exactly what's happening. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's funny. I don't know about you guys, but do you think that accruing money and, in, you know, improving your self-worth necessarily makes you a happier person? Improving your hmm. self-worth a hundred percent does, but if your self-worth has not increased, but your money has increased, Absolutely not. Your happiness has not increased. I think your happiness yeah. comes from your self-worth. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. Because mm. mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, especially people of an older generation, they came upon this notion that we would obviously earn more money to secure a future for ourselves. And therefore the act of earning money and also accruing positions where you could make more money would therefore bring about a measure of happiness either then in those moments or down the road. And at least for me, I feel as though those things don't give me as much satisfaction as it would be actually using the money I have right now to upskill and improve myself for my goals. What about you guys? I, I have a very interesting um, take on that. And I think it's because your perspective is completely different. You mentioned that this was from an older generation. Yeah. When they were our age, the situation was completely different. So you might be talking about, say, wartime. You might be talking about uh, yeah. economic like instability. What they were looking for at that time was security. You need a freaking job. Stay in the job because that's what's going to keep your family safe and happy. Yeah. The situation that we're in now is not the case at all. It's about 
once again, finding, um, exploring that self, you know, mm. finding those moments, you know, having all the doors open for you, explore yeah. the world, you know, that's what yeah. our generation is like. This is why there's a massive, um, you know, kind of different perspective thing. on it all. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think the people are in the older generations, they just didn't have the opportunities that, that we do have today. I mean, we can go online and we have this, encyclopedia we have this library even you know with smartphones nowadays you know we have a computer at the tip of our smartphones and we can earn money online now we we can we can you know focus online to create money and and create jobs and create businesses and the fact that instagram and facebook and all these different platforms youtube they're all free they're all actually free for us to deliver businesses and deliver content and yeah, the, you know, the, the, I think the bridge needs to sort of between our two generations, it needs to be, it needs to be, I think, fixed because we need to, I mean, I Times mean, like changed. Yeah, time, time, get time, yeah. <laughs> I think the, I think the, uh, there's a bit of a disconnect between the other generations, like when the NBN cuts out and the, <laughs> and the older generation's like, what? We can't understand you. Sorry, you're breaking up. Oh, not too bad. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> But that's when dial-up was back in the day too. Like, <laughs> hold on a sec. I need to just... So, is someone on the phone? Get off the phone. I'm trying to... Can you hear me? <laughs> Give it like another 10 years or... No, another 50 years or something. We'll be the ones kind of complaining going, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, there's a rip with the generations and that's the conversation oh, we'll be having. Could you imagine? Oh, my gosh. What's it going to be like in 50 years? That's, that's a whole other thing. It's like... Ugh. People, I don't even know. It's, it's hard you know, to predict. What, you know, it's really interesting though, Alyssa, what you were saying before is we have access to the internet and there seems to be a limitless number of opportunities that we can have. <laughs> that was what I was interpreting you were saying. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. But what's really interesting locally, at least in Australia, and I'm not sure about the rest of the world too, is that finding a job is actually really, really hard in the sense that there are so many, uh, it's very tricky to get a secure full-time job in this day and age? I mean, you know, you go to university and go and get your degree and people think that because they have a degree that they're going to get a job and it's just not correct at all. It's, you know, you don't, you're not guaranteed a job after university. So it is, it is tough, but I think that comes with realizing that in, in the moment and realizing, okay, I have to go out and get, proper work experience or I have to go and do unpaid work or I have to go and volunteer or I have to go and put myself out there essentially and go and find those opportunities rather than, you know, sitting and waiting for the opportunities to come to you. And it's hard though, because many of us have to then diversify in a bunch of other areas to just make ends meet before you can actually then pursue the career that you studied for, if that's ultimately where you'll go. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Josh, so obviously when you came back to Australia after saving up and traveling, traveling around for almost a year, Mm -hmm. you know, you obviously you saved up for your trip. You didn't use any credit cards. You came back home, you got into your full-time career and you know, now you're about to buy a property, which is super exciting. So what sacrifices did you need to make in order to get to that next level of saving and get to that next level of knowing that this was one of your, one of your personal priorities and something that was one of your goals. 
Yep. So when we start talking about um, bigger investments like property, um, like investing in businesses, you know, large sum money, this is a completely different um, ball game that we're talking about in terms of saving. And in terms of the sacrifices, this relates to what you were just mentioning before about getting the degree, getting that job straight up. What I had to sacrifice meant that I had to relocate from Melbourne, from a place where my friends and my family were, where it was familiar. I had to relocate down to regional Victoria, which um, is cute. But <laughs> Local AF. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And it basically meant that there had to be a massive change in um, my surroundings. And I, I did have to relocate for that job just so I could get a salary to save up for this next goal of getting an investment property. Um, it, it was a, a classic example of, you know, we, we get told that we have all the opportunities there, you know, that, that you're one very, very special person and that everything is going to work out fine. You go to uni, you get your job, you're happy. That's it. Tick the box. Yeah. No, there's a lot of hard work and sacrifice. It gets to that. And for me, it was, um, you know, distancing myself a little bit, ch- challenged myself by going to regional Victoria. Um, but it's all worked out perfectly for me. And so um, it, it, it helps as well that housing is cheaper out here too. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, I don't know about you guys. Have you, for you guys, is getting a home even a priority for you? Right now, it's currently not one of my priorities. Um, Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, have a, I have a home in so many different places now, in different cities now. And it's definitely something that I, I f- to be honest, I, I'm more interested in investing in, in properties and buying different properties rather than actually buying a home per se. I'd, I'd rather focus mm. on investment properties because at the end of the day, I've gotten to a stage in my life where I've essentially, you know, I'm essentially moving all of my work online and it's because I'm not committed to living in the one place. So right now for me to be, you know, I guess upskill my mindset and upskill my next level of savings and and that kind of thing is something that I will definitely look at, you know, over the next, over the next couple of years and look at, purchasing properties Mm. but for right now in this current moment i have other priorities that i yeah i'd rather focus on instead yeah what about you yoshi um well for me i think i i haven't lost the travel bug after my gap year it's still there and i'm still preparing for my next trip i don't think you ever lose it (laughs) no Um, infectious disease that has no cure that's exactly right. And um, if anyone does come up with a cure, go fuck themselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> for me, once again, it's the investment property. So it's, you yeah. know, I'm starting to look a little bit longer term now. Um, it's gearing me up for, you know, if I move overseas, I'm at least going to have some sort of income yeah. that can help with that as well. It's not a home because like Alyssa said, you know, I'm not, I don't like the idea of home just being one place. When you've had so many experiences traveling and meeting new people, you know, home is where the heart is. Is, is that the saying? Oh, like very that. well said. So yeah. Nice. <laughs> home is where the heart is. And, and, where, and where you feel welcome. And where you feel comfortable <laughs> and welcome. <laughs> and maybe where there's some uh, cheap, cheap tapas. Oh, yes. Are you suggesting something there, Alyssa? <laughs> 
Are you Ooh, promoting perhaps. something? Kiss, kiss right, everyone get investment properties in Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> Quick summary. What would you say is the key thing you would tell people of um, our generation about money? About money. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Um, no pressure. Um, no, no pressure. pressure. No pressure. Um, so much pressure. So much pressure. <laughs> take your time. Take your time with saving. Figure out what you're saving for. Yeah, that's prioritize what you want right now. We're working in the moment right now. Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, that's a t-shirt slogan. I'd buy it. I'd buy it too. <laughs> I'd even buy that along with a DVD to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> For some of our listeners that might be might be struggling with anxiety, depression, some some they're struggling with their self-worth, they're struggling with their self-love. I know that you you do have clients that maybe that you work that you work with on a day-to-day basis who do sometimes have to fight their own battles in in their own minds to step away from that train of thought so for our for our listeners you know what is something that you could you could tell them that could help them you know fight fight their battles in their in their mind yep a very very good question a very important question um I think it's only fair if I draw from my own lived experiences for this one here. Um, And, you know, you can imagine with my work, it's almost like every second person is in that vicious cycle, that low, low, low pit. Um, For me, how I got myself out of that, that space of feeling so isolated and a space where there was no hope, the only way I got out of it was really to look at it like a time game, you know, just wait for another hour just wait for another day just wait to see what might happen and you break it down into these mini steps just to say you know let's push through someone really really close and important to me that i love to death she told me something really important and she said that change is the only constant and that helped me kind of understand that you might be feeling like you're in this vicious cycle right now but that might change. It will change because that's the only thing that's going to happen. So just push through. See what, how you're going to feel in another hour or another day. Um, that's sort of my advice. Change is the only constant. It's a time game. I mm-hmm. love that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Josh, for your time and, and coming on today. You've been amazing. and Yeah, we really appreciate you jumping on. You're such, such an inspiration. I, I love you heaps. No, that was really good. Thank you very much, Yoshi. It was really good to also just hear someone who's managed to work with a variety of different circumstances, embrace change and come out just being so on top of their lives and also having some great advice as well. No worries, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure being on here. More than happy to chime in and put in my two cents about, you know, DVDs and the important things in life. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that was uh, that was amazeballs. It was good having Yoshi on board. That was indeed amazeballs. And even though she didn't give us any uh, Mario Kart tips, we can always you know invite her on for another episode. Oh, I agree. We should just spend an entire episode playing Mario Kart whilst getting drunk. I think that's really what our our listeners want. Added to the bucket list. Oh, absolutely. So we're really excited to wrap up the month of May. Yes, the month of May was all about the pursuit of happiness. But now we're going into the month of June. What are we doing in June? 
So we are actually taking a week's interval in between episodes, guys. So we'll be back on the 5th of June and our topic for June is swipe left, get married, have kids, divorce, repeat. And our, <laughs> and our first episode will be uh, talking about why dating should be educated. A topic that I've been dying to speak about for a long time, which is really good fucking news that we finally reached this point in time. Absolutely. So I'm very, very excited about that. And uh, yeah, what, what now, Ken? Indeed. What now? Well, now that I've been thoroughly insulted about my DVD collection, I'm just going to go sell it so I can make some more money. Well, did you know what DVD stands for? No. Did you look it up on Google? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But in my, in my uh, broadened uh, perspective, I think it stands for deliberately vague direction. And that is a, what our podcast is not about. <laughs> we want to be giving you guys a, a uh, more, va- more direct direction, uh, you know, in, to be concise. So thank Indeed. you. <laughs> so to be very clear with what we want to advise you guys on, as always, feel free to comment, like, and subscribe on our YouTube. If you want to catch us on SoundCloud, we are there too. And we'll always be updating you guys on Facebook and Instagram. Absolutely. And feel free to start tagging us on uh, Instagram with any stories or thoughts that you think are relevant to us. And we'd love to give you guys some shout outs as well. So with that being said, catch you guys in a couple of weeks on 5th of June to talk about all things dating. And we have not one, but two special guests joining us, don't we, Ken? We do. We have what's going to be a real round table conversation from all angles on this topic. So brace yourselves. This one is going to bust some lids open. And now you can swipe off your phone and turn us off because we are done with this episode. Indeed. Guys, if you liked us, feel free to obviously um, reply to us through our email, whatnowpod at gmail.com. If you didn't agree with us, feel free to write to us on whatnowpod at gmail.com. If you don't like us, well then... Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. So thank you, and we'll catch you guys in a fortnight.